not difficult. They're just emotional for me, and that's uh, Father's Day and uh, Resurrection Sunday. Father's Day reminds me of what I lost. And Resurrection Sunday reminds me of what's waiting on me. <laughs> My daddy passed away when I was 11. And um, much of what I purpose and intention and I'm intentional about as a father, I learned from him in just a few years as a little boy. I have vivid memories of him kissing me all over, uh, telling me how much he loved me. I, I didn't get it then, I do now. He would, he would cut my face in his hands and tell me, you know, um, do you know, baby? He said, do you know how much? Do you know daddy would go to hell for you? Do, you? do you know how much I love you? And when he spanked me, which was often, <laughs> he would always start crying afterwards and he would check me to see if he had ever spanked too hard, which he didn't. And he would hold me and I remember the feeling of his tears going down my back. Not apologizing for the discipline, but it truly did hurt him more. Everywhere I go, you know, it's been now 46 years, February, uh, since he's been gone. Everywhere I go that I meet someone that I did not know before that knew him, every time, I don't remember an exception. They'll tell me one of two things or both. Let's say your daddy was the greatest preacher that I've ever heard in my life. Or they'll say that no one ever loved me like your dad. Uh, the single greatest void in my life today is still that. But it's also the expectation of that guaranteed reunion that thrills me. Uh, I still um, am not worthy to even carry his shoes, much less fill them. And I wanted to take a moment because I have this platform to say that uh, I would still rather be called his boy than anything else in the world. So thank you for allowing me to do that this morning. Stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning. It is always our desire as pastors and ministers to bring forth, to proclaim, to explain the word of God. But sometimes there are uh, sermons and then there are messages. And I believe I have a simple message this morning for not exclusively fathers. I'm going to cater the uh, rhetoric to fathers, but it, it, it applies to all of us, the meat of this message. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If you're there, say amen. Or did I just give it to you? Well, chop, chop. <laughs> Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians. 
Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. If you're there, say amen. If you're on the screen, say amen. If you're on the screen and brought your Bible, say amen. Holy people. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but you who are spiritual wrestle against principalities, powers, the rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Why do I feel so worn out and under pressure and restless because you're wrestling and your spirit you're wrestling so because of this take unto yourself the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all say above all Above all, take the shield of faith. That is your belief system about who God is and what his word stands for. Faith in God, the faith of God, faith in his word, faith in his promises. Above all else, take this faith. And with your faith, you'll be able to quench all, say that with me, all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, turn in your Bible here. I'm not going to read, but just hold it for later on in the message. Luke chapter 15. And I'll wait on you to get there. Once you've got there, look back this way. I'm going to ask you to stand for just a moment longer, and then you don't have to stand again. Unless the preaching just so good you got to. And then you just stand and go, that's right. Just hold your text there. Finally, brethren. I want every man to look at me. Finally, Papa. Finally, Granddaddy. Finally, uh, man preparing himself to be all of that. Finally. Be strong in the Lord. That's the word for this Sunday. I have a word for the weary and the wayward. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be fully clothed, fully decked in all of the armor that God provides. I don't know a man or a father today that is not weary. We are weary of the weight and responsibility that is our lot. We are weary of, the break, weary of the breaking down of our physical bodies and the pain that accompanies it. We are weird, uh, weary of the social decline in standards, definitions, the flood of perversion and immorality, the evil that is presented as good, and the deception that cannot be reasoned with. We are weary of the carnality, lukewarmness, and apostasy of the church, its ministers, and its people. We're weary of humanism, liberalism, relativism, fake news, and leftist propaganda. We are weary from our disappointments, our disillusionment, what has happened behind us, what we see in front of us, and what seems to be inevitable in the future. We are weary from, even though it's joyful, the strain of leading, 
The strain of covering, of protecting, and continuously redirecting and re-educating our family and all that God has given us influence over. The source of this weariness for those of us who are born from above is the powers of hell that are set in full array against us in all the ways mentioned before and in countless other ways that time will not allow. It is to you, the weary men, the fathers, the war-torn and the warriors, I want to proclaim to you this word and I pray by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that it gets down in the fabric of your soul and is knitted together. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in his word. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? So that you'll be able to stand in the evil day. Because if Papa stands, then everybody behind him stands. Father, I just pray for myself this morning that I give this encouraging word to the weary and then the invitation to the wayward that we would find ourselves back in line, back in tune, back in the Father's house, re-nourished, reinvigorated, clarity coming back to our heart and our mind that we would stop trying to fix the thousand little things and just be the man God has called us to be. That we might be in you and like you and for you. Let this word quicken something in us today, O oh Lord. Give us back our commissioning, our papers, so that we might fulfill all that you've called us to be in this generation. May we live, O oh Lord, not for the like button on social media, but for the well done in the court of heaven. That's what I'm asking, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I hope you're ready for some preaching today. You ag me on it all. I'll preach a fit up in this place today. So, <laughs> Thank you. To the weary. To the weary. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. You cannot be strong in the Lord without walking with the Lord of that strength. Be strong in his word. You can't be a student of the word, a man of principle, a man that can quote scripture, a man that can find scripture. You can't live out a scripture you don't know. You can't be a man of the word and spend more time brushing your hair or brushing your teeth than you do reading it. You can't be a man that's strong in the Lord without, without walking with him intimately, personally, and consistently. It's impossible to be strong in the Lord without living with the Lord and living for the Lord, drawing sap from the tree that never runs dry. We're not deciding to live a certain way. That certain way is supposed to flow through us unto others, providing shade for all that find themselves resting or abiding under the tree of our witness. Be strong in the Lord, in his person, in his spirit, in his counsel, in his giftings, in his direction. Be near him so that when we are near you, Papa, we are near him. Just that. If my children walk close to me, then by proximity, they are as close to Jesus as I am. Because I breathe out his wisdom. I breathe out his words through a flawed vessel. But the message comes through untainted. They learn kindness by kindness. They learn truth by truth. 
They learn discipline by discipline. They learn the way by walking in the way. They learn contentment by seeing that his commandments are not grievous and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. They don't perceive God as militant to those who are his children. Oh, there's a militant side to God, but that is to his enemies. And I'm not his enemy. I was his enemy, but I've been reconciled to God by the death of his son. And now being reconciled, how shall I much more not be saved by his life? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This isn't willpower. This is transferred power. This isn't you deciding to gain ground tomorrow. This is the God, the victorious God that has never tasted defeat one time. How do you know, John, that you can make it through all that's coming if Jesus tarries, all the persecution all of the, the, the false and accurate claims against you, whether they be physical persecutions, litigation, all of this. How do you know that you're going to be able to stand? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I may lose some temporal things, but you can't touch anything that's eternal. Everything's eternal is mine. Be strong in the power of his might, the shared power, this personal power, this trusted power, this resident power, this continuous power, this divine, this abundant, this limitless, this accessible power. I don't just stir it up. It abides. You can stand up, walk through, walk above, walk out of, walk past anything that comes your way because the Spirit of God dwells in you. You will be scarred, you will be wounded, you will learn to praise while limping, you will learn to be without, you will learn to do sickness and in health, richer for poor, for better or for worse, and in all of that, having done all, stand. And when the devil knocks you to the ground and you stumble and fail or disappoint yourself, or whatever happens to where you fall to the ground, the Bible says, watch a righteous man. He'll fall seven times and get right back up again. It's the getting up that shows who abides. I've given you this illustration before, but you know, some of them are so good that you have to repeat it, especially for those that are new to our church. So if you've heard it, uh, you probably need to be reminded of it. And if you haven't heard it, this is good stuff right here. For those of us who were born before Xboxes, PS5s, 2.7, 9s, 3s, and all of that, and before you ever have, do you remember being told to go outside? We lived outside. It's come inside. This generation, go outside. It's a whole different sermon. Uh, now, where was I? Hold on. What was I talking about? Huh? Y'all, it's bad. I, 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 got, I don't know what I was talking about. I'm starting to slip. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's right. Okay. You give a kid one of these, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Y'all remember that little bolo to clown you'd blow up? And he'd stand up like this. And he was like, had that face hit me? And you're like, I think I shall. You ever known anybody had that face? They just walked around. I just want to hit them. I don't know why I just want to hit them. 
And you'd blow this rascal up and you'd hit him and he'd go, come right back up. And you, I remember as a little kid going, this time I'm going to hit this so hard. And you'd knock it across the room. I mean, you'd hit it and it, and I later learned the secret. Then I just thought it was made that way. Well, it was. But what was, how was it made? It was weighted in the bottom. And you have this weight of eternal glory <laughs> in the bottom of your soul that no matter what life does, no matter who walks out, no matter what is, who is buried, what happens, no matter what, the worst. And you say, oh God, I'll, nev I'll never get up. He said, you don't know the weight that I've put inside of you. And you just come up. Now we may lose a little air. The paint may come up. You know, the longer you live. Uh, <laughs> I, done, I done struck a deal with the Lord. I said, you know about this glorified body? When we, you ain't got to save none of my parts. I'm going to be sliding into heaven, missing teeth, one eye crooked. My little girls asked me today, why is one of your eye closed around 6 o'clock in the night? It's tired. The rest of your body ain't tired. It's all dying. But I'm, way, I'm glad to know today that my stand has more to do with his weight than my will. Mm, that's good. I'm going to get my own CD. Order me one. <laughs> be strong by putting on the whole armor of God. Whole. Don't be one of these Christians that picks and chooses. You got to have your salvation. You have to be aware of it. You have to be a man of truth. You have to have a sword in your hand. You need to know the word of God. You need to live at peace with your wife, your children, your boss, all around you as much as possible, live at peace. You need to be fully clothed. Not like the bodybuilders that work out everything but their legs. 52 coat, you know, and their, their pants are like 30, 32. The skip leg day. If I were the devil, if I were the devil and you did not have peace, where do you think I would attack you? At your lack of peace. If you did not know the word of God. Well, Brother Wood, it's all about praise. The garment of praise. You ever tried to find anybody with a coat? Do you see the silliness of that? Praise has its place. It's rightful. It's right. It's righteous. You don't fight your battles with praise. You fight them with the word of God. Amen. God's left you. Well, the scripture declares, I will never leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> Take unto yourself the whole armor of God. Now, God provides it, but you have to put it on. Be strong. So that you can stand in your convictions, your testimony, your profession, and in the truth. Be strong in the truth of God's word. Undiluted, uncompromised, unfiltered, unapologetic in its entirety. We live in a generation where the, you'll hear churches and pastors of five and 6,000 people said, we're not going to focus on doctrine. That's the whole reason we come together is to learn doctrine, the theology of God, who God is and what he expects of us. Away with church being designed to meet my social needs. Social needs? I don't even have time to do the things I'm supposed to do at home. Not a social club. You get the word here. You get the Christ here. You get the spirit here. And then you live out there. Just a thought. 
Be strong in his righteousness, not your own. A divine righteousness, a complete righteousness, an unassisted righteousness, a glorious, confident righteousness, a shared righteousness. You cannot be strong in the Lord if you are proud of you. The righteousness I have has nothing to do with me but me walking in it. It was imparted. I was clothed by his death, burial, and resurrection. And his standing as Christ before God was imparted to me. So a man that has imparted righteousness cannot look down on anybody else because he knows he's worthy of hell. How can I look down on you based on your color? How can I look down on you based on your uh, side of the tracks you were raised on or your economic status? I was lost, undone, hopeless, bound, and he rescued me. This righteousness I have, listen, this divine righteousness helps me not only see myself clearly, but if I see myself clearly, I see you clearly. Equal. Equal, equally as need as in need of God as I am. How do you end racism in the heart of Christians? Tell them to get rid of their self-righteousness and take upon themselves the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's how you do it. Be strong in your faith. Man, I'm grateful for my dad's faith. I'm grateful for the way him and mama raised us in the fear of the Lord. But I don't walk in my daddy's faith today. I got my own faith. I love his stories, but I got my own stories. I love hearing how the Lord provided for him, but I got my own provision. I love the fact that God did these miracles and they're written in the back of his Bible, but I got my own stories, my own God, my own faith. And I don't worship daddy's God. I worship my God. And my God happens to be my daddy's God. Now watch, I'm going to tie it together. I wasn't insulting him when I said I don't worship daddy's God. Well, how did I acquire a taste for God? By watching my daddy enjoy his God. I'll give you another old one from the past. Let me show you how important it is, fathers. See, it's not just what you teach. It's who you are. Because we teach what we know. We reproduce who we are. We teach what we know. We reproduce who we are. Sam's understands what a lot of daddies don't. Anybody else go to sample day on Sam's? I never plan it. I don't know what sample day is. But when I walk in, I go, ooh, sample day. It's like revival. Now, I'm, I'm not much for tapioca sample day or shaved ice sample day. That's not carbs, people. That's not lasagna or pizza or bacon. And this is a true story. One time I went in and they don't even carry it anymore. They had pepper bacon and they were frying it. I walked in the door. I'm like, the Lord's here. You know, you just... <laughs> And all of a sudden, you forget what you came for. And you, you, just, you don't plan on it. You're just kind of compelled, motivated, inspired, <laughs> pushed to the back. And there she is. And there's no line. So you know it's the Lord. And she's cutting up the little pieces of pepper bacon. And y'all, I know you've never done it. Just laugh at me. So they got the little cups, the little bitty solo cups with a toothpick in it. And all of them have little bitty about the size of a dice. And then there's one chunk of bacon. 
You're not like at SNS, you reach over all the pies to get to the big pie and you rub your elbow down all the other pies and you get it. Oh, you've done that too. Okay, so I go and get that bacon in the back. I'm just gonna gonna try that. And even though it's a chunk, it ain't big. If you'll turn me down just a touch, you know, so you. That's good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we got it over there on the aisle. Yeah, I saw it. It was $62 for 25 pounds. I know. I can't, I can't get that right now. Y'all got a payment plan on the bacon. Yeah. So you come back. And then you get over here next to the salt and the coffee and everything. And you go, you know. So you take your hat off. Your coat off. You leave it in the buggy thinking they ain't going to know it's you. And you come back. Who has done that besides me? You ought to be shamed. So you come back and you sample again. And then you get one for your friend. I tell the truth. I, say, I, got, I got two babies over here. Now, they may not like bacon, but th- why confuse the issue? I do got two babies. And per chance. And so you got your handful of bacon. But here's what Sam's does. They said, if I can get you to taste it, I can create a desire for you to have it. Papa's. God did not call you to change your children, but let them taste and see that God is good in your life. Have an aroma that lets them see you joy, lets them see you trust, lets them see you fail and kneel down in front of them and say, daddy was wrong. Will you pray for me that I'll be a better daddy? And I'm not trying to sound perfect. That is one of my greatest joys in my life is to apologize to my wife and my babies in front of my kids and I ask them to pray for me. And they say, God, help daddy be a better daddy. And there's a part of your flesh that goes, don't do that. And it, no, I want them to see that repentance is sweet, not distasteful. And do you know, fathers, that you can cook anything in your house you want to cook? Cook anything. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in your salvation, the knowledge of it, the implication of it, the security of it, the eternal nature of it. Be strong in your mind. Remember, remember, be strong in your mind. Don't, don't, don't start to worry and fret. Don't forget where your strength lies, where you're coming from and where you're going. Don't forget the many provisions, protection, victories, and miracles along the way of your life. Don't forget who is looking to you, relying on you, and what's at stake. Keep your mind right. Cast down every vain thought that vaunts itself against the knowledge of God. Walk in the truth. Keep keep your mind sharp. Simplify. Simplify. You don't have to keep up with everything. Simplify. Get your mind right. Don't go to bed without your mind being right. Set upon Him, set for heaven. Knowing what's at stake. Because if your mind's right, it's like this. If my mind's right, my feet cannot walk where my eyes, is not, eyes are not looking. So if my mind's right, then my walk will be right and the children will follow. It does not mean they will follow always. But it means that if we do our job, they can close their eyes and know which way to walk. Which way? Because that's the way... Daddy did it. And then this. Be strong in your weakness. I know you're tired. The world's run by tired people. 
And I stopped lying a long time ago about this. <laughs> I saw a cartoon. <laughs> you know, the older I get, like whoever did that video, those, those weren't funny. I'm going I'm to tell them. They just put them up there. Wade, I don't know if you saw it and approved of it. It wasn't funny. But when something's funny, I get tickled. And Kelly and them know that I don't laugh at everything, but I love to laugh. And when I start laughing, I have that fat man laugh. And, I, and everything's, I laugh. My face laughs. My eyes laugh. And it showed a slide. And there were men on a slide. And then the slide joined into one slide. And one slide said, four hours sleep. And one said, 10 hours sleep. And then it merged into a slide that said, tired. <laughs> and I was reading it. I said, yes, that's, that's, yes. So you need to learn how to be strong in your weakness. If I can be sorrowful yet rejoicing, can I, can I not also be strong and tired at the same time? Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. Listen, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So I'm not supposed to get rid of my weakness. I'm supposed to draw from his strength in my weakness. And wise is the man that learns how to live in every season, drawing from the Lord. So to my weary father... Today, the physically weary, the emotionally weary, the maritally wearied, to the one that's been abandoned, to the one that's been rejected, to the one you've come so far, man, don't quit in this last hour. Pastor John, if this is my last day to come to church, what do you want to tell me? Be strong in the Lord. If you got one thing you're good at, be strong. So you're saying don't be a good father? Listen to me. If I'm strong in the Lord, I'll be a good father. But if I'm a good father, I may not be strong in the Lord. Have them both. Is that all right? Do you receive that this morning? Amen. And to the wayward. I told the weary, be strong. And I'll be done here in just a few moments. To the wayward, I have a corrective phrase. You were wrong. The story of the prodigal son is one of my favorite stories. You'll find it in Luke chapter 15. If you're there, say amen. I'm going to read the story, but then I'm going to go through the points very quickly. Jesus said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided into them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Verse 14. And when he spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And this man would have desired to fill his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's? My father's house has bread enough to spare, and here I am perishing with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was afar off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to his father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet 
and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found and they began to be merry. Would our pianist come please here this morning? Before you're upset with me, if you're in the room today or online, to the father that's wayward, separated from God or his family by choice or by sin, it's different than if you were forced to, to be as such. But to the wayward, you're wrong. You're wrong in your presumption. He said, give me the portion that falleth to me. This story is a type of our relationship with God. That's that entitlement idea. Give me, God, what falleth to me. Nothing falls to you. If we deserved hell, how could we deserve better? You were wrong in thinking that God owed you something. Life was a gift to you. And what you do with this life is a gift to God. You were wrong in your dividing. It said not many days after, he gathered it all together, which means he separated his stuff from God's stuff. I'll give God this day... Sunday one hour, I'm going to live for myself the six days and the 23 hours. He divided his resources. You divide what you'll give God. But we don't walk with God that way, the Father. He has it all. We just share it. You were wrong in your division. You were wrong in thinking that after you divided, you wouldn't separate. It said he journeyed into a far country. Separation always turns to distance. Division of goods, when you divide up your life, mine and God's, turns to separation. And separation always turns to distance, far country. No one ever plans on going far away from God. No one wakes up and says, I'm going to be an alcoholic. I'm going to be an addict. I'm going to be bound to pornography. I'm going to leave my wife, leave my babies. You were wrong. You thought you could just walk away and remain who you were in the father's house. And you learn that proximity has a great influence over behavior. It's hard to go crazy in the Father's house. You were wrong in thinking that it wouldn't turn to loss. He said he wasted his substance with riotous living. The lifestyle that he began to live looked nothing like the lifestyle that was in the Father's house. And now all of that substance started to dwindle away. In the Father's house, it was kept. On the road, it was lost. Lost. You were wrong in thinking that your substance would not run out. It said in verse 14, he had spent all. When your years run out, when your youth runs out, when your time to be a daddy runs out, when the 30s become 40s and 40s become 50s, you understand that you are a limited resource, but God is not. You were wrong in thinking that famine would not come. When substance runs out, famine comes famine of love, famine of acceptance, famine of, of, of relationships. Everything starts to wither away because there is no substance, sustenance from the Father. You did not realize that famine would exercise such great power over you. It said when he was in famine that he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he would have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. For a Jew, you could not pin a worse environment than being knee deep in the excrement of swine. 
And he said, I wish I could eat what that pig's eating right there. Now, I don't know who might be here today or watching on television or online. One of the truest indicators of living away from the father's house is that you're doing today what you would have never done back then. You can rationalize it. You can find 50 uh, lukewarm apostate Christians that say nothing's wrong with it. You would have never taken that into your body. You'd have never drank that, smoked that, watched that, sang that, slept with that. You would have never. When you start to do the things that you would have never done in the Father's house, it comes from a place of famine, just trying to ease the pain and fill the void. Listen to your pastor. I'm speaking fast, but it's still here. The meat's still here. Ease the pain and fill the void. Why is there pain? Because you're away from the Father. Why is there void? Because you're away from the Father. Why is there such upheaval? Because you're away from the Father. You were wrong. You were wrong to leave. It was stupid. But some of us don't learn. How about this? All of us don't learn until we learn. Almost done. But God in his grace grants us all moments of clarity where it said he came to himself. Whether it was a sermon, something online, something on the car radio. You know what the Lord used for me? Here I was, uh, 21 years old at Mercy University, living like hell. I mean, pick a sin, I was doing it. I'm not glorifying the sin. I just, I was doing it. So I'm in my class and got my little shades on because my eyes were all bloodshot from the night before. <laughs> so deceived, I thought I was cool. I thought that was cool. So you're in a college paying ungodly amounts for an education you're not getting, but I'm cool. <laughs> got my little SAE shirt on. And a, a preacher named Dr. Bluestone, I don't know, you know, he, he reminded me of uh, the doctor from Back to the Future, Emmett Brown. And he's just, whoosh. is he still there? The hair is, whoosh. so he's on the blackboard. This is blackboards. It was a chalk thing, a board, and you wrote up. There's no computers. There's no cell phones. DVDs just came out. CDs, CDs just came out with the laser. It was the biggest thing. It was cool. It was cool. It was cool. He spun on a dime and he goes, he's just on the board. God is my witness. He goes, John Wood, you are everything I hate in a person. Nowadays, you could sue him. I'll sue you. You said something. And I said, so I got my little glasses on. I'm hungover. I said, excuse me? That's all, all I could come up with in the moment, you know. And he said, uh, all that potential. And you're throwing your life away. And in that moment, God used the voice of an unbeliever to remind me of my heritage, remind me of the deposit. I knew God's hand was on my life. Remind me, you are throwing your life away. And in that moment of clarity, I saw it all clear. This guy who hasn't said 10 words to me read my mail, but I saw it. And the prodigal said, in my father's house, the hired help has bread enough to spare, and here I am dying with hunger. 
I will arise and go to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So he just got up and started walking home. You don't have to give the devil two weeks notice. He just started walking home. He was wrong on all those traits. Let me tell you what else he was wrong about. He was wrong that his father had given up on him. Just because he forgot his father, he thought his father had forgotten him. So for a man to see you coming from afar off, he had to be waiting on him. He was wrong to think that the father stopped caring because when he saw him, the boy was walking, but he started running. He fell on his neck and kissed him all over and said, listen, my boy who is lost is now found. Bring forth the, 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 the robe, the best robe, and put shoes on his feet and the ring on his finger. My boy was once dead and he's now alive. And the party began. Not only was he wrong in all the ways I told you about, about him leaving the father's house, he was wrong about his relationship. His relationship had more to do with whose he was than who he was. So I want to close this service. It won't take us five minutes, but I'm believing. And it can see it happens in church. There are things that happen in church that never happen in your secret place. And the things that happen in the secret place that never happen here. I believe this anointed word, God is going to flip a switch like a fuse being blown. Anybody in your truck, the fuse is blown, the wipers won't work, and you put the right fuse in, just a little cheap dollar piece, and the, I, the wipers start working. I believe God is going to put the fuse in. I'm asking for the weary dads to come stand around this front. No hesitation. I want you to come stand around this front. That's not, that's not backslid. I'm talking about the weary that I'm tired in my soul. I'm tired. I want you to come. Thank you. I want you to be honest. I want you to stand around this front. That's all there is out of this congregation. Either, either I didn't hear from the Lord clearly or our pride's getting in our way. If I'm tired in my mind, my emotion, I'm just, I'm tired, Brother John. I need, I need divine enablement. I need, I, need, I need an adjustment. I need strength from the Lord. Now this is going to take courage because it may not have been your story forever. If you're wayward. And you need to say, I was wrong. I will arise and go back close to my father. I want you to come. Come on. I've walked it. I've walked under the message wayward with a paper hanging on my wall that said ordination. Guys, would you do me a favor? Would y'all just spread out here in the front? Just spread out, give room between everybody. If your husband or your father or someone you know and love is up here, I want you to come stand with him quickly. Come on, come on. I'm asking God to do it for you, buddy. Man can't do nothing. I can't do anything for you. I can't help you. But I can point you to the one that can. Oh, God, grant it today. If your dad or granted, someone come stand with my brother over here in the corner, would you? A man or someone, a woman, a family, come stand. Everybody got someone? Now pray for them. 
right now. Let them hear your voice. Put your hands on them. I pray for you. Thank you, Chris. In the name of Jesus, I lay hands on you. Be strong in the Lord. Come back to life. Come back to life. Get your song back, Papa. Get your joy back. Come back home to the Father's house. Come back home. Be renewed in your spirit. Be renewed in your mind. Daddy, we need you more than ever. We don't need you just coming back home after work. We need you to be all there. We need you to be... We need you to give us that sample, that taste, and say, I want just what he has. All of the rest of the fathers in this place and men planning to be, or being groomed now to be a man of God, I want you to stand all over this room. All the men here, what's your prayer today? Would you just, are you going to go through the motions or would you lift your hands and heart to God and say, I am yours, Lord. Pray a prayer of consecration this morning. A prayer of commitment. A prayer of help me, O oh Lord. Help me, O oh Lord. Help me, O oh Lord. To stand. And having done all, to stand. I believe by faith, because of your response to this word, that God is putting the fuse in, right, in the right spot. And you're going to see something come back to life. And I'm not... I'm only telling you what I hear in my heart. I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord, but it'll be like this. All of a sudden, I want to read my Bible. All of a sudden, I, I just, we can't miss church, baby. We, we got to be there. Or my, I, I got to stop how I talk to people. That, that fuse is going to change something. Something's going to come to life. And I don't want you to call me. I don't want you to write me. I want you to thank the Lord and say, thy word quickened me. Your word changed me. To the weary, be strong. And to the wayward, go home and stay home. Stay home. The Father hasn't given away your room. He's not given away your bed. Your dresser's still empty. Put your clothes in. You're His Son. Now the rest of us, would you join us? Right before Pastor Wade comes, I want to tell you one other thing. Oh, this is my dad, by the way. Someone gave me a little card one time of him preaching in, I think it was Carrollton, Georgia. Just anyway. If you have a living dad, listen carefully to the context of what I'm saying. You can honor him without respecting him. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother. Ain't nothing to honor. No, wait, wait. May not be nothing to respect. He may have been a no-show. He may have been worthless as a father. But we honor people out of who we are. We respect people based on who they are. Whether it's a letter, a call. Now, everyone listen. Don't expose yourself to brutality or physical harm or verbal assault. No, 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 no. God gives us common sense. If all you can muster is a card that says, Happy Father's Day, thank you for giving me life. If that's the only thing you can say that's good, say it. Let them go. Let them go. And watch what happens to your soul. You never know. 
you, none of those years can ever come back. But what if the end of the life, I close with this, what if the end of their life, you get an apology from a man that's just trying to ease his conscience and doesn't deserve a second look? What if you are able to give him and I forgive you in that moment like Jesus gave you? okay I forgive you it doesn't mean what he didn't he did is not going to give an account to God you're never more like Jesus than when you give something to somebody that they don't deserve to all my papas don't retire man retread the Lord's coming close to my wife close to my babies hold on take them all with you make sure we're going amen Pastor Wade, would you close over us today? How many of you feel like your battery's been charged this morning? Let's do this. If that's you, raise your hand. Now with your hand raised, I want you to look heavenly. Father, thank you that you would care enough this morning to recharge our batteries. You would care enough God, to rejolt our system. You would care enough to turn back to us as we turn to you and come running and grab us up in your arms and pull us tight, that you would bring the wayward home. God, that you would lift the weary. God, that you would stir in the hearts of every man and here to be strong. The race isn't done. To be strong, the work's not over. To be strong, but not in our strength, but in your strength. Not in our will, but in your will. Not in our might, but in your purpose. So we look to you this morning, Father, and we say thank you. Thank you, Father. God, let that word infuse us today as we go home and be with our family and our kids. God, let it infuse us, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Remind you that as you leave, there's a little gift for uh, all our fathers on the way out. Thank you. Y'all have a wonderful Father's Day.